You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're going to be taking a look at the 2021 Pro Day results Texas A&M ran the course, they ran the 40s, did the bench, high high jumps, verticals, everything you need to know. We have the answers right here, so we're going to be breaking that down and much, much more. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. For anyone who does not know how special this year is, it's extremely special. And I kind of mean that in some negative connotation because, let's be real, it's been a long year. Due to COVID-19, the 2021 NFL Combine was canceled. Now, again... Think about this from last year where the combine did happen, but if you did not have the combine, you also did not have a pro day. So you had to base all of your stuff on film alone. At least this time, even though there wasn't a a combine, players were able to have a quote-unquote combine-like day with their pro days. They ran, they did the jumps, they did the three-cone, they threw balls, they went through individual drills. They showed off in front of scouts. I would say roughly, I don't know, at least 20 teams were at every single pro day this year because they didn't get to go see them all at the combine like they usually do. So it was more scouts than ever. But Texas A&M is no exception to the rule. After finishing 9-1 last year, A&M is replacing a, I would say, decent amount of talent, at least at key positions, such as Kellen Mond, a quarterback, left tackle of Dan Moore, linebacker of Buddy Johnson, and all of them are going to try to make their NFL dream a reality. But yesterday was their pro day, and with the results, here were the official results of the actual pro day with the times, the scores, and the measurements of every single player. And that literally is going to be the entire first segment. So let's go down, and here we go. Linebacker Anthony Hines measured in at six foot two, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. His hand size was nine inches and three and a half, nine nine and three eighth inches. He had an arm length of thirty-two and three quarters, a wingspan of seventy-nine and a half inches. He ran both forty times. Both were around the four-six times. One was a four-six-three, a thirty-three-inch vertical, a nine-foot ten-inch broad jump, a four-two-nine shuttle and a 7.063 cone drill. He also did 27 reps of the bench press at 225. Next up was Buddy Johnson, who measured in a little bit smaller than I thought. Measured in at only 6 feet. If you ever you know, go back and listen, I thought that he was a lot bigger. But he did come in at 229 pounds, which I do think will at least benefit him at the next level. 9, inch, nine and 7 8 inch hands, 31 and a half inch arm length, 77 and a half inch wingspan, a 4.57 was his best 40 time, so a lot faster than I think a lot of people give him credit for. A 38.5 inch vertical, 
10.8 inch broad jump, I mean 10 feet 8 inch broad jump, a 403 shuttle time, uh, and a 7.043 cone drill. He did not do the bench because of his risk. Jared Hawker measured in at a whopping 6 foot 6, 327 pounds, 11 inch hands, 32 inch um, arm length, 81 and a half inch wingspan, 533 on the 40 time, 467 shuttle, no bench due to his shoulder, but he also ran a 7.653 cone drill. Next up was Carson Green, who also measured in at a whopping 6 foot 6, 320 pounds, 10 and a half inch hands, 34 and 1 eighth inch arms, 82.25 inch wingspan, a 5.2940 for a tackle. Actually, that really does stand out. Very much so because of, I thought that he was going to be the slowest, and he wasn't. Uh, 29.5 inch vertical, 9 foot broad jump, a 4.274 uh, shuttle. But the part that hurts him has to be the bench rep because of Anthony Hines did more reps at 27. Green only did 23. Dan Moore came in next at 6 foot 5, three, uh, 311 pounds, 10 and a half inch hands, a 34 and a half inch arm. 83.125 inch wingspan, a 5.1840, almost five flat. I mean, that's 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 really impressive. Uh, 30.5 inch vertical, 9.2, uh, nine foot two broad jump, a 4.57 shuttle, a 7.563 cone, and an impressive 28 reps on the bench. After that, you had Kalamon, who measured it at six foot two point five. So. A lot of people always go, well, why do they include that 0.5? I, I promise you, scouts want to know up to the T, what is their exact measurement? 211 pounds, so he's actually gained about 8 pounds of muscle since a and season ended. 9.3 inch uh, 9 hand, 33.5 inch arm, 7.79.78 wingspan, a 4.5940. He did not perform in the bench press, no jumps, no shuttles, no, no none of that. We'll get to him in a little bit later. Bobby Brown measured in at six foot four, three hundred twenty-one pounds, ten and a half inch hands, thirty-four and three-quarter inch arms, eighty-five and a half inch wingspan, a four nine eight forty at three twenty-one. Fantastic. Thirty-three inch vertical, nine feet five inch broad jump, a four six three uh, shuttle, and a seven point six three cone. You also had Jamad Osmond returning, six foot two. Measured a lot bigger than I thought he was. I, I'm actually very surprised. I thought he was about six foot, maybe 5'11, six foot two. So he's got that going for him. 217 pounds, added about 20 pounds of muscle, nine and seven inch hands, 32 and three eighths inch arms, 79 and a quarter inch wingspan, 473 40 time based off of an NFL scout watch. So actually, that's not the worst, but it's also not that great. 33 inch vertical, 9 foot 10 inch broad jump, 4.29 shuttle, 6.913 cone. He did not perform in the bench press. So, what does all of this mean? It means that scouts have the measurements. It means that scouts now know what these players' measurements are. And that does help, I think, a little bit in the draft. There was a guy by the name of Tutu Atwell, and I won't spend a lot of time on him, but Tutu Atwell was the leading receiver for Louisville in 2019 and 20, but he also led the ACC in receptions and receiving yards in 2019. He went in at 155 and ran a 4740 at 5 foot 
eight. That will immediately knock your draft stock to the very tippy top bottom of every single list. Because it has to. Because if you can make up for it when you're small, but you have the size, you can make up for it when you're when you have the uh, when you're uh, no, my bad. When you're small and you have the speed, you can make up for it when you're big, but you have the size. You can make up for it when you're slow, but you're kind of you know more of a blocking style of player. And there's players who are a lot bigger than him, and just his size, who are moving much faster. They're moving much stronger, and they can put up more reps on the bench. So. That's kind of a problem. And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, well, why is this such a problem? Well, it is. Because when you look at a player, they have to measure out. So A&M, we have the measurements. The question is, what do we do with these measurements? It really comes up to the NFL draft committees. It comes up to the scouts to decide what talent they want to add, what positions do they need more than anything else, and where do these players fit in their system? The measurements are important, but the film is as well. So I won't say that just because you won Pro Day, because of, again, and I'll go into that in the next segment, you still have to impress on tape alone and not just a good Pro Day. Yeah, a Pro Day basically to me means that your draft stock from being a second rounder makes sure that you're a first rounder. That's it. That that like that's it. If your if your tape screams second round, but your measurable scream top ten pick, that means you're going first round. That's it. Like like that's it. I think people way too much overhype pro day. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now we've been telling you for a while that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there because it's low in sugar, low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber. But what is the best protein bar of Built Bar? We have reached our flavorful four in our Built Bar Madness Bracket Challenge, and you guys have decided that Cookie Dough Chunk is going to move on into our championship. But who are they going to face? You got to decide right now between Mint Brownie or Coconut, I believe, yeah, Coconut Brownie Chunk. Guys, there's a, there's a lose-lose for me, but I can tell you this right now. If you've ever had a piece of spearmint, And it just illuminates you, wakes you up for the day, makes you feel better. You will vote mint brownie. If you like tasting a Mounds bar, which again, a lot of people do, you're going to go vote for that coconut chocolate chunk. But it doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is if you go to BuiltBar.com and make sure that your vote is cast by the end of the day. And while you're there, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next Built Bar purchase. And come back later today to see who will be facing Cookie Dough Chunk in our championship series here in the Built Bar Madness Challenge. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Give me 25 minutes. Just give me 25 minutes to get you caught up on the realm of sports. Well, actually not me, but Peter Bukowski and us here at the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Today. Brand new Locked On Today show gives you highlight information surrounding all major sports in America, including the NCAA Final Four Bracket Challenge. Make sure you download the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so who won Pro Day? And again, I, I, I'll say this before I go any further. My biggest thing with Pro Day is you making a good throw with absolute no one, you know, adding pressure to the pocket, no one stepping up, no one asking you to do it. Yeah, it means jack nothing. 
It means absolutely nothing. Like, yesterday I went and watched the Justin Fields tape. And Justin Fields is a good player. I actually think Justin Fields is a great player. And I watched the Mac Jones tape. What I took away from this is, Mac Jones is not a top three quarterback in this class. You know what else I took away from this? That Justin Fields is impressive arm still does not tell me why his decision-making is terrible. When you have no one covering you, when you have a wide-open throw, yeah, you're going to make that throw. It's going to be impressive. What I'm looking for is the release, the footwork, the vision, and more importantly, how you react to the throw. If you overshoot your target, can you just shake it off? I react to that more than the actual throw. And my God, Twitter is just the absolute worst with people go, Oh my God, look at that throw. Like, it's amazing. Well, you know what? Kellen Mond made an f- amazing throw. He made an amazing throw yesterday. And everyone has seen it. I saw it. I looked at it. And I went, wow. If this kid can make this throw consistently, I do believe he can have the strongest arm in the class. I do believe he can have the highest upside of quarterbacks not taken in day one. And he could be a franchise starter. You want to know what else it tells me? That he's still not going to go in the first round. He's still not going to go in the second round, probably. He's going to be a day two late or an early day three pick. He's going to fight his way into a roster. Why is that possible? Because the tape talks. Because the tape is about 88% of what I would evaluate a player on. Their tape. Their measurables are about 5%. And the other 7% is how they do in interviews. If I cannot work with you in an interview, if I cannot work with you on the field and your measurables are terrible, yeah, that, that to me hurts your sock. That makes sure you go in the fourth round. If you have all the field issues, like all that, that, that's, that plays a small factor. The tape plays the biggest factor. But who did win Pro Day? Kellen Mond for starters, 100%. If I were to say that Kellen Mond did not win Pro Day, that would be that'd be foolish of me. Because he did. Great throws. Great delivery. Understands, hey, you know what? I am an underdog. And I'm okay with that. I'm not even thinking about going like first round or being the sixth quarterback taken. I'm just going to go to the right team. You know, it's it's and I said this yesterday on the Locked On Now thing. It's not about when Kellen Mond gets drafted. It's about where. Kellen Mond gets drafted. If you send him to a team that does not have, you know, a good run game and will, and will, you know, force him to be the guy in year one, you're going to fizzle, fry, burn up, and his career is going to be over within the season. You send him to a team with a decent offensive line, with an established run game, with weapons that can win at every level of the field, the short, the intermediate, dump off, um, you know, comeback routes, and then the vertical presence as a deep downfield, yeah, he's going to be very successful. A team like Washington makes a lot of sense. I think a team like the Minnesota Vikings makes a lot of sense. I think a team like the Carolina Panthers make a lot of sense. I do not think a team like the Houston Texans makes a lot of sense. I do not believe that a team like the Los Angeles Chargers backing up um, you know, Justin Herbert or even the Los Angeles Rams at this point makes a lot of sense. He's got a good arm, but he still has to get through a lot of the mechanical flaws. There's still a lot of things that you need to see from Kellen Mond to get better. But if we're going based off throws alone, 
He showed yesterday, I can connect at every single level, give me good receivers, I will find them, I can deliver strikes, and more than any of that, when I'm on point, I am on point, and I am the reason your team is successful. Another winner, Bobby Brown. Plain and simple, if you move that fast, you are versatile enough to play in either a 3-4 or a 4-3 front. You are able to play a 0-tech, you are able to play a 3-tech, you are able to kind of shift outside if you want. Your size at 321 allows you to have a multitude of range everywhere on the field. It also allows you, as a player, to be effective in the bull rushing department in the run-stopping department, in the shuck-and-swim department, it allows you to be at your best every single play. And that's what I look at when I look at Bobby Brown. He moved so fluidly yesterday in every single drill. 33-inch vertical, 9.5 broad jump at 321 pounds. And guess what? A team could say, hey, can you lose about 7? Can you gain about 8? Yeah, Whatever you need fits the bill. You want to play a 3-4? Guess what? You can play him as a bull rusher. You can kick him inside. He can work off of the edge. He can work off of, you know, the, the inside shoulder of the guard, the outside shoulder of the guard. He can play right up the middle of the um, of the center. There's a lot to like with Bobby Brown. And his measurables were always there. It was the production that wasn't. If these measurables matched production, Bobby Brown would easily be the number one defensive lineman in the NFL draft. Probably would have gotten a first round grade, probably would have been a top 20 pick because the teams are always looking for it. But I look at Bobby Brown and I view him as probably going into this week, a fourth or fifth round pick. I view him now as a third round selection. I do not think he will make it out of the top 100 picks. He's too dang big, and he moves too dang well. And that 4-9-40 time, I think, boosts his stock a little bit more. Wherever you want to play him, you can play him. And there's going to be guys faster. There's going to be guys slower. But I believe that Bobby Brown's measurements on Tuesday were so essential to his success. And it's great to see that he's doing that he is going to have every single shot to be successful at the next level. The final four stage is set as Gonzaga, UCLA, Houston, and Baylor will battle it out in Lucas Oil Stadium for a shot of being this year's NCAA champion. But while they're battling it out on the court, you will be battling it off, off the court with your bets. So go make the bet that you love in the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best payouts, the best bets, and the best lines every single day when you use their multi-talented system. And when you follow them on social media at BetOnline underscore AG, they even tell you up-to-date information to make sure you get the best payout possible. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get into the action. When you go visit BetOnline.ag, you will have the opportunity to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, the NFL draft is right around the corner, and with it, we have two very special draft shows right here as part of the Locked on Podcast Network with Draft Dudes and Locked on NFL Draft. 
Draft Dudes gives you all the up-to-date information on every single prospect because the guys have watched them. That way you don't have to. And of course, unlocked on NFL Draft. Mock drafts are at an all-time high, including ones that have some surprising picks throughout the process. Subscribe to them on the Audacity channel or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Now, I would like to close the show with more NFL Combine stuff, but I also have a full week of stuff that I need to kind of prep for. So we're going to talk about baseball because of this rarely happens. And when it does, it's a big deal for A&M because of they never get to play their old rival, their in-state rival. And no, it's not Houston. No, it's not Baylor. No, it's not Rice. It's Texas. It is Texas. And last night, Tuesday night, Texas Longhorns had their Horns sawed off. Texas A&M baseball defeated their fiercest rival, shutting out the number five ranked team 2-0 at Olsen Field. Nathan Detmer dazzled throughout seven innings of work with uh, Chandler Joswick slammed the door in the eight, uh, on the night with an emphasis of the horns down. Detmer said after the game, it felt amazing. It's so surreal. Getting the call that I was going to start against UT was crazy. He grew up a Texas fan and was brilliant for most of his young career. The freshman has thrown in the low 90s fastball, but has a great curve that puts the Texas batters off balance throughout the entire game. I just turned everything off and just pitched as I've been doing pretty much my whole life. Detler allowed just three hits, walking two and striking out six over seven innings of work. He also lowered his ERA, I believe, from 137 to 1.08. The Aggies got the start uh, just enough. Logan Britt opened up the scoreless game in the fourth with a solo shot to right field, which made the Aggies dugout explode with euphoria. Mikey Homer led off the seventh inning with some insurance, crushing a no-doubt Homer over the left field line to give the Aggies a score of two to nothing. We were at the juice tonight, Homer said. Guys were completely locked into the game. We had 38 guys who would do anything just to make sure they win tonight. At Detmer hitting 104 pitches, manager Rob Childress elected to go to the veteran Chandler Joswiak. And the eighth inning, and the lefty did not disappoint, working a 1-2-3 frame in the eighth. A 1-2-3 eighth led to him having some choice words going towards the Texas dugout, not realizing that he'd be coming back in in the ninth. However, when he did return for the final stand, he allowed an early base hit to, uh, who was it, uh, Silas or Dordan, that ended in a ground out to seal the victory and his third save of the season. I threw a perfect game in high school, and I think that this tops it. Getting that final out over UT, a rivalry, and being able to throw the horns down on this field, that was an amazing feeling. The Aggies now have won three of their last four games and carry the momentum much needed going into this weekend as they travel in their first SEC opponent against the Missouri Tigers. After taking two of three from Georgia, the Aggies are looking to dig out of their 0-3 start in conference play. One thing we talked about in postgame was all about using this momentum for Missouri and going and killing them with the love for our game. The first pitch will begin on Thursday night as the series opener begins at 6.30 at Taylor Stadium in Columbia, Missouri. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies on tomorrow's show. We'll still be doing some Pro Day stuff. We'll still be talking about what we could have missed, who we think still could have a big-time breakout, where at this point I think every single player will land in the NFL draft based off numbers alone. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, gig them, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. 
presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.